the Top Rope Report. Here on Anchor, Google Podcast, and Spotify, unfortunately, talk she was down. So, it's just us tonight, and uh, I'm the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me as usual every week, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. Greg, what's happening? What's up, Trev? Uh, not much. Uh, looks like we we'll be, might be talking a little bit of AEW on this broadcast, because we did see the show last night and wanted to see the Forbidden Door, and guess we were kind of disappointed, but we'll get into that uh, later on. Uh, Monday oh, okay. Night Raw. What did you think? Um. Uh, I I I I didn't like it. I mean, I some. I mean, it's it's very frustrating to me with WWE because they can get it so right one week and then so wrong the next. Right. And it's like, like you're a major league pitcher, and sometimes the pitcher, you have no idea what the pitcher's going to throw, and you swing and you miss. But sometimes you, you connect, and you hit a, you know, a six-run homer. <laughs> but it's like lately, they'll sit, the pitcher will say, hey, listen, I'm going to throw you a 72-mile-an-hour straight fastball. And you stand there and watch it go by and say, oh, I didn't believe you. Right. Okay, well, I'll do it again. Okay. And he throws it, and once again, you just watch it go by. And that's what they had with, with, with sci-fi. They had advertised less commercial breaks, and then they advertised that the first hour is going to be commercial-free. And they just let the whole fucking hour go by. They didn't even take a swing. They had a six-minute match in there. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna have, I mean, that that would have been a great time in the first hour of the show to really build stuff up for the show. I mean, you've got, you've got. Commercial free for for the first half of the first hour of the show, and just run a 15, 20 minute match. After that, run another 10, 15 minute match. Maybe throw a promo in there or something, and then throw another 15, 20 minute match in there. You could have got three matches in probably in that first hour. Well, if you did 15 to 20 minutes, then you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't have really because that would be the whole hour. And with the promos and things and, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to do three that. matches that long, but. Right. And, but, I mean, they just, I just don't know what they're doing a lot of times. I don't know. I don't get it. And, like I said, they, uh, had, they had the fucking quiz bowl started. I mean, yeah. this, this, this is historically, and I'm not just talking recently. I'm talking historically with Monday Night Raw. The third hour has been the lowest rated hour, no matter what match they have for their advertised main event. That third hour overall is the lowest rated hour. First and set, you know, eight to nine and nine to ten, depending on what's going on, they kind of differ. But 
for you to put all the crap that you put on in the first hour just tuned out people left and right. Right. It was, I mean, first of all, like I said, when I talked to you on Tuesday, I lost like three IQ points watching that the first hour of the first part of the show with the Quinn Paul thing. That was ridiculous. Yep. And even you said it, you know, they could have done so much more in the beginning commercial free they had to start off with that. I don't know, do you think maybe WWE starts off with a segment that they don't think is not this might sound stupid, mm-hmm. but do you think they're gonna start off with a segment that might not be the best to start off with and then build from there? Or they haven't been doing that at all? Well, no, it's some weeks the opening of the show is good. Some weeks the promo's horrible. And this was something that was horrible. I mean, if if you still want to start out with um, a promo, that's fine. You know, start out with a 10-minute something or other. Um, the Lita Becky Lynch little thing. You know, have Lita come out first. Um, which I will give you full 100% kudos and credit for, that you you had mentioned that you thought there should be some type of physical altercation between the two, and there was. Um, Thank you. So I'll give you full credit for that. But why not start off with that? That was about 10 minutes or so. Then go to the match of, you know, the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy. Or... You know, do the AJ Styles Damian Priest match right after that, and then do the Quiz Bowl in the nine o'clock hour with the tag match after that. I mean, there's just so many other ways they could have done the show. Right. They just seem to have things backwards. Yeah. And you know, and you know, next next Saturday is the Elimination Chamber. Um, I did speak to Tony Black today. I, he asked me when the when the prediction show was, I told him it was going to be sometime next Friday. We haven't decided what time yet. Well, we got to find out what time DJ and Tony are available. Right. And well, Tony, well, when I told that to Tony, Tony said, he goes, well, he says, I'll send my picks in. So I was like, okay, you want to send them in? Send them in. That's fine. So. Well, he, he, he is definitely going to screw that up. Because there's a lot of little things with the Elimination Chamber matches that we do that it, it, well, he's not there to fully understand what's going on. Right. So, well, I mean, if you want to discuss Monday Night Raw with the matches, match well, by we, match. We are. We're, we're, we're talking about the Quiz Bowl. And yeah. we've been talking about how the show opened. Um, I, mean, I just don't know why... I mean, I saw, I didn't get a chance to see the ending of the scooter race when they had it the first time. But they showed the ending of it when Otis came out. Yeah, but that was, that, was, that was last week. That wasn't this week's Raw. Right, but they had showed that, and then that's what led up to um, the quiz ball thing because it was tied 2-2. Two to two. No, it was tied 1-1. to one. Okay. I, I, I mean, it, as, as amazingly as it is, They've only been doing this academic challenge now for three weeks. It seems like it's been drawn out and boring and stupid forever, but 
They only have they had the spelling bee, the scooterish, and now the quiz bowl. Okay, well, I, I, gave the, I gave the whole segment a D-. Yeah, that, that, that's a very, very, very appreciative grade. Um, <laughs> the only good part of the entire quiz bowl was the last question that Chad Gable got wrong, and it had to do with grams versus ounces, and Riddle was starting to, and then Orton stopped and said, no, no, let me take this one. He says, you're not the only one that bakes... So, yep. you know, that was the only good part of the entire quiz bowl. Um, but I, 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 I read online today, or, well, excuse me, not today, but I read online, saw a news article that teachers are now not going to be grading papers below a 50. 50 is the lowest you can get now. So, you know, 50 to 59 is, a, is an F. You know, 60 to 69 is a D. Um, so, I guess a 50 or below is an F minus. That's what this gets. Okay. Um, then they actually got into a match um, with uh, the Street Profits and, um, versus the Alpha Academy. As the Alpha Academy was, was in the ring, ran, you know, Orton and Riddle up. Now, what, do you want to go first or do you just want me to continue on? Go right ahead, continue on. Um, so then the Scree Prophets came out with their cups, and they were fully dressed in regular gear and stuff. Um, all the stuff from the trivia, the trivia quiz or quiz bowl was still in the ring. So I'm like, okay, when are we going to, I mean, are we really going to see, you know, the staff and backstage people come out and take everything out of the ring? No. They went to a, not a commercial, but a quote-unquote advertisement for WWE products. And um, once again, it wasn't a commercial, but an advertisement promoting um, promoting um, SmackDown. But it wasn't a quote-unquote commercial. Fuck you. That's what I got to say to WWE at that. Fuck you. Um, And then they came back and they went into the match. Now, the match itself was good. It went back and forth. Um, Sorry, just eyes went a little wacky here. Um, You know, it was a good win. Um, Once again, championship champions in a match. I don't know if they announced... I don't remember if they announced it as a contenders match. I don't remember either. Obviously, it's a non-title match, so you know the champions are going to lose because that's what always happens um, is when a champion's in a non-title, nothing match, they lose. Um, But it was, was, you know, it was a good, clean, decent tag match. And with it being the first match of the night, it gets a little bit probably higher of a rating... Um, may have only gotten a C plus to a to a B minus, but I gave it a good solid B. Okay, uh, this match I thought was probably the second best match on the show. Street Profits. I think somewhere along the line, the Street Profits are going to end up getting the tag title back. There, if not, then they're just going to have then they'll just probably put Montez Ford on a singles run somehow. But um, I thought it was a good match. Alpha Academy, you know, they're, they're champions. They're, they're still a tough team, still a good team. 
But I just think somewhere along the line there's going to be some issues between Chad Gable and Otis that's going to cause them to lose the tag team title. So I gave I gave the match a B. Okay. Then after that we had a uh, what the second match of the commercial free first hour. Um, it was AJ Styles versus Damian Priest. You're up. I think this was the best match of the night. Uh, AJ Styles, I really think they've been doing a lot with him the last couple of weeks, even the last month or so. He's um, he's always been a good a good wrestler. He's been a really great wrestler. No matter what organization he was in, TNA, New Japan, whichever. He's always held major titles. Um, Damian Priest, well, he had a little bump in the road, and you know he, he lost the match. But I thought this was probably the best match of the night for for me. Um, and like I said, I think they're going to start doing something a little bit more stronger of a push with AJ Styles. I gave the match an A minus. Oh wow! Okay, um, I did like the match. Um, I didn't like it as much as you. Um, I'd say, just thinking about the rest of the card and the rest of the matches, um, I'd say this is probably my third to fourth, you know, borderline third to fourth best match of the night. Um, I think there were two more matches. If I remember correctly, as we're going through it, we'll, we'll definitely decipher that. Um... That were were better. One I think was a lot better, um, but I I mean, if, if this match looked like it was a double turn almost, um, I think we've been leading to kind of an AJ Styles face turn since he broke up with Omos, and Damian Priest looks like he's been slowly looking to turn into. A heel, especially with his reaction as AJ Styles is leaving the ring and that menacing, angry, pissed off, I'm going to spit blood and shove people's face in it, look in his eyes and his face after the match was over. Um, I did give this match a B as well as, like I said, the last match before it. Okay. Then to end out the first hour of commercial free TV, we had Ms. TV. Um, and I see you already looking like you're starting to yawn. Um, just the thought of this makes me want to yawn. Um, yeah. Ms. TV had Dominic and Rey Mysterio in it. And uh, I know. The kid does good in the ring and is an okay wrestler, but he seriously, seriously has to work on his promo skills. I mean, there wasn't much in it that he had to do, but right. what he did wouldn't have intimidated Maurice. Forget about The Miz. Um, I mean... The Miz was the Miz. I mean, he's great. Um, he he takes it as a compliment the louder the audience boos him and reacts to him negatively, which is which is good. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be widely hated when you're a heel. Um, 
Maurice really didn't do much, but just just a whole segment with, with Dominic getting involved a little bit. I mean, was it the worst Miz team we've ever seen? No, but it was close. I gave it a D plus. Okay. Um, yeah, like you said, the... Um... Oh, I forgot about the match part of the segment. <laughs> with the with the Dominic roll up with the Dominic roll up of death. Um still D plus. Okay. Um Yeah, I can see that. I mean the one thing I didn't like the whole thing was when he mentioned Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Um Miz is Miz. I think he's probably one of, if not the greatest talker in I, wrestling right you know, now. I don't remember him. Oh, when he said Dominic was Eddie's son. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, I wouldn't give I wouldn't give the segment a D only because Rey Mysterio was there as well. He was able to, you know, get some digs into to Miz and you know, kind of bail his kid out of some certain kind of stupid stuff that he was saying. But Miz is the Miz. Like you said, you know, when his hand goes up, the mouth goes shut. And, um, yeah, he needs a lot of work on his promo skills, really. Um, he's getting better in the ring. But I, I gave it a, a D. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, I, obviously I, I would never purposely ask somebody to get hurt. But it almost seems to me like what they need to do is put together a storyline where he tears an ACL. Um, because you don't want to send him back down to NXT. Because um, then he would lose credibility with the audience. Right. But if, you know, it would be like one of those, you know, you call up, you never use type deals, and then you release, like Tegan Knox. Um but feign an injury where he's out four to six months and yep. let him work on his promo skills. Um, right. Because he's just horrible. Yep. All right. Then after that, we had the match, um, another odd pairing, um, Bianca Belair versus Nikki A.S.H. Um, what did you think? Well, the match kind of went the way I thought it would. I mean... But Nikki was, was holding her own a couple of, couple of uh, parts of that match. I don't, I mean, I think we can get rid of the ASH gimmick now. I don't think there's, there's really much more to it. Um, she's still good in the ring. Um, her, her promos are, are, are okay. But the match itself... You know, Bianca Belair is Bianca Belair regardless. I mean, she can do some amazing things in the ring. Um, kind of figured she was going to win the match. And uh, I gave it a C-. minus. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought it was a very good match. My only negative... Well, there were a couple of botched moves by Bianca Belair. Um, which is why I don't give her credit for being one of the top in the echelon of WWE Women's Division, because she still does it. Um, and it's at least almost seems like one, maybe two a match. Um, but this is something where she's supposed to be powerful, 
and she whiffed on a suplex, which then Nikki A.S.H. helped reposition herself so she can attempt the suplex again, which, right. I mean, if you want to say, you know, I mean, even somebody like Shayna Baszler or, you know, I mean, obviously Dewdrop, but, I mean, somebody like Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley size, then, uh, but somebody that's just the same size as you, I mean, what are they, maybe five pounds apart? Um, yeah. And that's only because the chubby in the butt for Nikki, <laughs> for Nikki A.S.H. is the muscles in Bianca Belair's arms and shoulders. Um, right. So I did give this match a C. Okay. Um, I thought the action was good. Maybe if it went a little longer, it could have been a little better. Um, but, you know, for what they gave me and what I saw, I gave it a C. Okay. Then we went to what I think, in my opinion, um, was possibly the second best match of the night. Ooh, excuse me. In a rematch of last week's show where Austin Theory defeated Kevin Owens to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. Um, Kevin Owens had a rematch against Austin Theory. Um, you know, they didn't really show... I mean, they showed Vince McMahon talking to Austin Theory, but you didn't hear any of their conversation. But it was obvious he was doing something to pump up Austin Theory. Um, and this was a very good match. Um, like I've said, and I'll keep saying it, um, I think Kevin Owens was rejuvenated when he re-signed the deal with WWE, um, because he's been balls to the wall ever since. Um, Austin Theory is proving why he was more than just a sidekick in NXT to Johnny Gargano, and he deserves to be showcased in matches. Um, obviously, I don't think he has a chance in hell at winning the Elimination Chamber. Um, but just to be in the conversation, I think he's very, very, very well proven that. Um, I give this match an A-. minus. I was thoroughly entertained, loved the action. Um, Kevin Owens winning and then afterwards going back and saying, you know, asking... Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, if he was now in the chamber, and they said no, and Adam Pierce says, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to be at WrestleMania at all. And the look on his face and how he really looked concerned that he wasn't going to be at WrestleMania. I thought the whole thing and wrapped it up with the bow, like I said, I gave this overall an A-. minus. Right, and I, I agree. I mean, Austin Theory can really showcase what he can do on Monday Night Raw now that he's not a sidekick on NXT anymore. He's got real good talent. Really haven't heard much from him on the mic lately, promo-wise. This was a good match. I, I do agree. I mean, Kevin Owens, like you said, Kevin Owens has just been up there since he signed his, since he re-signed his new contract. And... Am I disappointed that Kevin Owens isn't in the Elimination Chamber? Yeah, kind of, because I think it would be an awesome showing with Kevin Owens in there as well. I agree with you with Austin Theory not really having a snowball's chance in hell of winning uh, Elimination Chamber. But when you're thrown in the same sentence with Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, then you've earned some kind of respect. And I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be... Uh, a milestone for him to be in that Elimination Chamber match. So, I gave it a solid B+. Plus. Okay. Alright. Um, then they went to a 
Another obscure pairing, but a Dewdrop versus Liv Morgan match. Um, go ahead. What'd you think? Wasn't too wild about the match. I mean, I'm I'm confused as to what they're as to what they're trying to do with either one of them. I mean, Dewdrop is a big girl. She's agile for a girl her size, and. You know, supposedly they want to go back to the Piper Niven name and, and whatever. I mean, I really don't think that'll matter much. But to be honest with you, I really don't remember a whole lot about this match. I can't remember who won it. Dewdrop. That's, huh? Dewdrop with the splash in the corner. Yeah, with the splash. So, but I mean, I just don't. Liv Morgan is still good regardless. I mean, she's still good in the ring. She's pretty good on the promos. Her promos are getting better each time. I just didn't think he was going to win the match at all. I mean, she was she was out-muscled. She doesn't have the strength to drop has. I gave the match a C. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, I did like the match a little bit better than you. Um, I mean, it easily could have been portrayed as a big-time just squash match. You know, Dewdrop coming in. I, I mean, if there's one negative about Lib Morgan, it unfortunately it's her size. Um, she's she's not big. She's a small girl. Um, and when having to go up against obviously somebody like Dewdrop, um, I mean, even somebody muscular and bigger than her like a Bianca Belair. I mean, a Carmella. I mean, you're really, you know, you're already at at a um, I don't even know the fucking word I'm looking for. Um, you're, already, you're already behind the eight ball. And, you know, unless you're going to put her in match with Alexa Bliss, Zelina Vega, she's going to be against bigger people. And that's the only negative, if anything. Um, and she, she handled herself very well for an opponent that's probably twice the size of her. Um, I thought the action was good. There were several near falls on both sides. Um... But, I mean, I gave it overall a B-. minus. Okay. Now, I know they had more... I thought they had more segments. But I'm not coming across really any more of them. Um, so, the, the last match of the night, the main event of the night was what I think um, was the best match of the night. Um, it was Riddle versus Seth Rollins. And just going into the match, knowing what both can do, and the fact that they've never wrestled each other, gave a really fresh feel. Not a stale, same old Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown main event um, or ending promo. It was fresh, it was good, it was exciting, um, it was an excellent match. It went back and forth, um, obviously, well I shouldn't say obviously, um, I mean, the only thing that kept this from being a straight up A was Kevin Owens coming down and interfering, really causing the match to end. Um, whether... Riddle officially won by disqualification or how it just no contest. I don't know the exact 
finish or decision of the show, um, of the match. Um, and then Orton coming out and it turned into a tag team match. Um, so, I mean, you had four of the top guys in WWE in, in a match and then a second match that you never see. Um, and the action in the tag team match just kept pace, um, with, with the other match. Um, and I mean, you know, eventually Seth Rollins, um, hit the curb stomp on Riddle, giving Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins the victory. Um, and so once again, because of the little thing that turned it from a singles match into a tag team match. I gave it an A minus. Okay, and see the one thing about this match is if they had it, if they had this match again, it could go either way again. I mean, Riddle is Riddle's a good wrestler. I mean, let's let's face it. I didn't think he was as good as he is, but he's he's surprising me. And Seth Rollins, well, Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins. I mean, you know, he could he he could have a a, a, a great match with a cup of coffee. And Seth Rollins. Um, I really enjoyed this match as well. You know, kind of disappointed that Riddle didn't get some kind of victory out of it. But, you know, with Seth Rollins and the curb stop, you know, that's something that was banned before. They didn't want him doing it before, but now they let him bring it back. And that's one of his four days. And I was... It was an enjoyable match. I gave, I, I gave it a very, very solid B+. Plus. Okay. Eight, 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 nine, okay. Um, so overall, your thoughts? I mean, if, if you could have done without the first hour, <laughs> I'd, give it a, I'd give it a B. Okay, and including the first hour, is that why you gave it a B? Yeah, C- minus including the first hour. Oh, wow. All right. Or C, excuse me. Not right. C minus, it's D. Okay. Um, and I totally agree. Um, if they had spread out the match, I think the match quality of the show was above normal for Raw. Um, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, they had four matches that were strong Bs to A minus, which you don't really get a Monday Night Raw. You might get one or two, and then you get some B minuses, Cs, and Ds. Um, there wasn't a single match on this show that I was like, oh, fuck. Um, they were all at least good. It was the backstage or in-ring segments that they had. I mean, Miz TV was, was horrible, um, was bad. And then, obviously, the Quiz Bowl was, was horrible. Um, so, overall, I, I give it a B minus. Overall. Okay. Uh, so, uh, before we start off to our next uh, segment... I would like to send out Top Rope Report birthday wishes today to the founder of Lexi Drive, Lexi's mom, Deb. Happy double nickel birthday today, Deb. So, just uh, wanted to send that out there. And Elimination Chamber, coming up next Saturday. No Nuggies news this week? Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, we got that next Saturday. You were just going to the mission chamber. As we hear Nuggie's news. So, Greg, take it away. All right. Um, 
obviously we know Roman Reigns has been the Universal Champion for, I mean, Christ, over a year and a half now. Um, or just about a year and a half. And I, I pulled up an article that ranks Roman Reigns' defenses as Universal Champion. Um, come on. So they go from eight to one. Um, let's see. I'm just going to give you the top three. Okay. And at number three, they have his match with Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble 2022. At number two, they have his singles match against Daniel Bryan on April 30th, 2021, which, in all actuality, at that point in time, we'll say, because you never say never, that was Daniel Bryan's last match in WWE. And then their number one match of Roman Reigns, can you guess which one they gave? Absolutely. They said that was his best defense. Now, some of the others that they had, um, not in any specific order, um, Jey Uso in the Hell in a Cell, um, John Cena at SummerSlam, Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash, um, Kevin Owens at TLC, and then Edge at Money in the Bank. Do you see any of those other five getting into the top three? Or do you think the top three that they have are truly the top three? I think the top three that they have are truly the top three. Okay. But, well, I mean, I'll put the other Edge match in there as well. I think that one could have been, you know, probably... The, the singles match he had with Edge probably could have been thrown into the top three as well. Okay. Over which one? Uh, over Seth Rollins, over Daniel Bryan, or over Edge and Daniel Bryan? Over the Seth Rollins one. So basically... I, was, I wanted to see a, a clear-cut, pinball, decisive win in that match. And we really did. Okay. Okay. I can understand I mean, I that. Huh? I don't know if that makes any sense or not. No, it does. It does. Um, and interestingly enough, um, going back to Seth Rollins, um, he was asked in an interview, I, I don't remember where the interview was, um... No, are you kidding me? Oh, oh no, hold on. I remember where I saved it. I got it. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. What? Did I fucking <laughs> delete it? Oh. Um, he was asked about his Mount, Mount Rushmore professional wrestling. And he actually gave two yeah. versions. One was... Um, the effect that it had on the business. And I mean, I, 
think the four were um, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, um, I want to say Andre the Giant, and maybe it was Ric Flair. And then he gave another four that were audience favorites crowd-wise. Not money-wise and changing the business. Um, and he did give Edge um, as one of them. He gave Roman Reigns as one of them. He then... I don't remember the third now. But the fourth one he gave was Brian Danielson, or Daniel, or or Daniel Bryan, and yep. he firmly and he said, "I truly believe that by the time his career is over, he will go down in history as the best technical wrestler and fan favorite that the WWE or that professional wrestling will have ever seen." Yep, um, absolutely. He and he he posed that comment, and his reason for it was his wife. He said, who was never a top level diva in the WWE, got the loudest cheer at the Royal Rumble because they were doing his yes chant. Yep. He says, like you have audiences that always do what for Stone Cold, and you will always have audiences. Use the yes chant for anything and everything. And that's a great sign and a great show of respect. Yes. Yes. Um, as we all know or most know by now, um, a couple weeks ago, obviously we had the Royal Rumble. Um, there was a huge issue, whether you knew this or not, maybe didn't, um, between Brock Lesnar and the way the Royal Rumble went down. Um, Shane McMahon took it upon himself to change order positions in the Royal Rumble. And at the last minute, he wanted to send Brock Lesnar out at 28 and have himself come out as number 30. And, and there was, you know, not that it got physical, but... You know, words were said, things happened. Vince McMahon then had to step in and said, no, Brock is number 30. So there's whispers that maybe this is why Shane McMahon was quote-unquote fired from WWE. And I say quote-unquote fired from WWE because it appears Shane McMahon is still actively involved in WWE operations in some capacity. Um... Earlier this week, Marco Mazzotti, the owner of South Africa's um, rugby team, revealed via Twitter that he has met with Shane McMahon to discuss a partnership with the WWE. So, for all of you that think that Shane McMahon was fired by his father, no. He was just told, listen, you're no longer an active wrestler. Go right. home. Um, he, was just taking, he was just taking out of the competition aspect of it. Yes. Absolutely. Taken out of the competition aspect of it. Um, I 
Well, seeing as we will be leading into, um, eventually into AEW, um, last night's Wednesday's live AEW Dynamite um, drew 1.1, we'll call it 1.13 million, it was 1.129 million viewers, and was up 18% from last week's episode on TBS, that was, you know, 954,000 viewers. Um, right. And a lot of that has to do with them advertising this big um, forbidden door signing um, in in AEW. Um, and I know we're going to get more into it later, um, but a forbidden door is somebody that's currently under contract with another promotion that comes and wrestles in a match. What Mickey James did was a forbidden door entrance. I'll leave that there right there. Because <laughs> what happened last night was not a forbidden door entrance. Right. And then one last thing referring to Tony Khan. Um, he's been starting to get criticized. I mean, even by AEW fans themselves for saturating... Um, the roster and over, you know, bringing in, you know, all these other wrestlers from other, you know, from competition, including WWE and in negotiation with more, more wrestlers. And he had one simple reasoning for it. And he used Cody Rhodes as an example. He said, a lot of superstars that we have are, are on expiring contracts. I don't want my roster going barren. So... He wants to make sure that, you know what, if, you know, a, a contract deal for an original member that was a three-year contract ends, you know, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, I, I mean, Tully Blanchard, all these people are there when they first started, and they decide that at their, after their contracts are up that maybe they, they want to test the free agent market, they're not left with a barren roster. They still have plenty of guys on their roster. Yeah. Um... So that is what I have this week for Nuggies News. All right, great. I had mentioned a while back that the old boss that I worked with at Goodwill, where I'm still presently employed, had contacted me and asked me if I was interested in going to AEW, who makes their first appearance in Bridgeport on Wednesday, the 23rd of February. And I told him, I said, yeah, I said, I'd love to go to the show just to see what all this hype is about, you know, because sometimes you can see a show live as opposed to watching it on TV, and it's totally different. Well, he sent me a message the other day and told me he got me a ticket. So, um, not going to know what to expect. Hopefully, it's going to be uh, decent. But the AEW show last night, for somebody who's only watched AEW, I would probably say twice since they came on. I really enjoyed the show. The begin I thought the beginning was kind of long, but it got right to the point. You know, MJF is good on the mic. You mean um, you mean Ms. Light? Ms. Light, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Ward, the Wardlow, I've seen him, you know, once. It's a big boy. And then CM Punk came out and everything just, just turned around and he came out and then Darby Allen and Sting came out. And 
So I, I thought that that opening segment was was really good. I thought Wardlow was going to turn on the guys in the beginning just by his looks and um, and then Sean Spears. I know he was in the WWE, but I couldn't remember what name he went under. Wasn't he the perfect pen? No. No. Um. The hell was it? <coughs> uh, hold on. Keep talking. And uh, it's it's a thing where I was I enjoyed the beginning the beginning promo. It was it was a good match. And you know he challenged CM Punk to come out and find a tag team partner to go. Was Ty Dillinger the perfect ten? Ty Dillinger, yeah. Okay. Okay. You know to, to challenge FTR, and he came out. And John Moxley came out, and I I thought that was a really good match. So yeah. I kind of I kind of enjoyed the the segment overall. Yeah, I, I just I just know of Sean Spears as one of the luckiest men on earth. That's all. <laughs> yep. So, but you know, I really don't remember too many more of the matches. But I did see the Texas Death Match. That was a match in itself. Jake Jake the Snake Roberts outside the ring was terrible. Oh my God! Didn't he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Looks like he's got to get stop going to those buffets, man. You know, yeah. I mean, he had he had the you know Florida style Hawaiian t shirt or a shirt on or whatever. It looks like he's been sitting back and you know packing them away. I mean, he didn't look he didn't look under the influence, which he doesn't do anymore. Right. Thanks right. To, uh, and DDP. So but he just looked severely, he, severely out of shape. He probably eats more. That's what a lot of people do. I mean. You know, the first thing that happened to my mom when she quit smoking was she put on 35 pounds, you know, because, you know, she needed something to do with her fingers. So she was eating and eating and eating. And that happens to a lot of people, you, you know. Right. Um, so. Yeah, but the whole point of the, I mean, many people tuning in, um, which I will give them kudos for. They didn't wait until later in the show to do it. I mean, they did it in the middle third of, or the three quarters of the way through the first hour. Um, was their quote unquote forbidden door? Um, once again, now, them, they had a, um, a brief segment backstage. Um, Crapey, who was it? That they were doing an interview with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, and then that other guy Joe something. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It started out with it with a who were they interviewing first? Oh, I don't know, Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, so they jumped him. Adam Cole came out. And then Switchblade, Jay White of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, came out and, uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, That is a forbidden door moment. Because he's currently under contract with another wrestling promotion, yep. and he makes an appearance on your show. 
They then had Isaiah Kennedy of Private Party, um, or as I like to call, um, rejected street profits um, people. And then came the big debut of Keith Lee. Now, there are rumors floating around that it was going to be Killer Cross, um, Jeff Hardy. Um, I mean, I even saw people saying they thought it was going to be Shane McMahon, um, The Fiend. And then it, it happens to be what the hell? Um, Keith Lee. Um, did you see the match? Yes. Okay. Um, it was a big, strong man against a skinny, not strong man. Right. I mean, so, I don't know. It was it was a good match. I mean, it was nice to see Keith Lee um, in a match. I'm just going to be very interested. And I don't know if because Keith Lee's there, if that's going to get me to watch... AEW more. I mean, I'm not going to DVR it. Um, it's on Wednesday night, and after the Olympics, my three of my favorite shows will be on on Wednesday nights again, so I'll, I'll probably just catch AEW and snippets here, snippets there, because I'm not, once again, I'm not going to DVR it. But I'm just going to be interested to see Keith Lee in a match with, like, Wardlow. You know, with... with Lance Archer. I mean, people like that. Not these skinny little 150-pound guys when he's, you know, 350. <laughs> that he can just throw around like a piece like a piece of pizza dough in a pizzeria. Yeah. Was it me or did Keith Lee look bigger? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I didn't... I don't know. I don't think he looked... I don't know. I'd have I mean, to look at like a comparison of what he looked like in WWE. Yeah, I mean it was nice to see him again, but do you think that might open the door for Mia Yim to join the women's division? Maybe. You know, now that they're married, and I mean it's it'd be interesting to see what Keith Lee can do against those guys, like you said, Wardlow and right. Archer. So I was, I mean, I, I gave the match, I, I gave the match a C minus, really. Well, I mean, I think it was a little bit better than that. I mean, and I think part of it was because of the excitement of the crowd. Um, I mean, they had the benefit of it being in Atlantic City, which is, I mean, it's not New England, but it is in the Northeast. Um, right. And and the best wrestling is in the Northeast, um, whether it be independent. I mean, the crowds are better than most other areas of the country. Um, yep. So, I mean, you had to like that. Um, and once again, it was good seeing Keith Lee. Um, hopefully he's healthy and he's totally recovered from any complications that he had or quote-unquote did have or quote-unquote didn't have in WWE after getting right. COVID. Um, and, you know, I, I, I you know, wish nothing but the best for him. Right. Absolutely. But that Texas death match, I mean, you said you did get to see it, right? Yeah. I mean, Hangman Page was so bloodied. I, the only thing I didn't like about it was when he Lance Archer got thrown through the, the plate glass, he clearly, and even when they showed the replay, clearly went through shoulder first. Yeah. So 
when did he cut his forehead? Right. Same thing with the, I think same thing with the barbed wire when he put it around his arm. Why wasn't his arm cut up? You know, you're not going to wrap barbed wire around your skin anywhere right. and not get some kind of cut. Right. And then I see him in there with the fork and everything. It's like, oh, there's the old Abdullah Butcher style. Yep. Yep. But yeah, that was, that was a brutal match and it's been a long time since I've seen a Texas death match, which goes back to the WCW NWA days. Yeah. But it it lived up to to its billing. So, but like I said, when I saw Jake Roberts outside the ring, I actually almost didn't recognize him. No, I didn't at first either. And, and then, oh my God, who's that guy? And when that guy came down, um, Dan Lambert, I think his name is. And, undid the one turnbuckle so they can take off the top rope yeah. to prevent Eggman Page from doing his whatever flip over forearm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's almost as bad as the people elbow being a finishing move. Right. <sighs> Ooh. Ah. I think my whole apartment just shipped a couple feet. And when I was looking at the match, it's like, wait a minute, there's no top rope. What happened? Right. But it just, he kind of, you know, from far away and behind, kind of resembled like a younger, maybe 10 years younger Eric Bischoff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a decent show. Once again, is it a show that I'll maybe watch next week when the Olympics are on? Yeah. Is it going to be a show that I'm going to watch? Like when you're there on the 23rd? I don't know, that's the night that my Chicago shows are back on. I mean, yeah, I do record those, so I could tune in to AEW if I wanted. But I, I don't, I don't, I'll have to see what happens next week to see if it can, you know, really get it in, get me into it. But for a show to have 12 minutes of wrestling in their first hour when they kill the WWE... For being wrestling, oh, you're wrestling entertainment. Were professional wrestling? Well, you didn't give me shit of it in the first hour, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, the Keith Lee match went over. So, I mean, if you want to include that, maybe there was fifteen minutes in the first hour. Right. Um, finished with just under an hour of wrestling for the whole show because they didn't it what the second half was wrestling heavy but don't say you're professional wrestling and then give me 40 minutes of two promos in the ring in the first hour um I don't know the segment between Andrade and Darby Allen um I don't know the only thing honestly the only thing I really thought about it was how much he looks like that uh uh, I can't remember his first name. Santos Escobar from N from uh, NXT. I really, when I first looked at, it, I thought that was him. I'm like, could this yeah. really be the could this be the Forbidden Door? And then I look at it and say, oh, so happy that Sting wears that face paint because if not, you probably really know he was close to seventy. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I've seen Darby Allen compete a couple times. He's he's a good talent. And, yeah, uh, he's a big he's he's their riddle. Right. You know, he's a good gimmick that the crowd gets behind. And then the more, I mean, once again, I also have seen him in matches. So the more you see him, it's probably so many more that you would like. Yep. So anything more on AEW? 
Not that I can think of. All right, let's get into the Elimination Chamber. I don't think much has happened or much has changed. No. Well, the same, right to, now, the same six matches. They'll try to guess who that mystery woman is going to be. I was talking to DJ yesterday. He says he thinks it might be Lacey Evans. And like, like I said, I looked it up. Um... She, she, like I said, she gave birth in the middle of October. So for her to come back in the middle of February, I mean, yeah, that's just about four months. But that's not to do a three and a half minute, let me throw a couple people over the rope Royal Rumble appearance. And then just do promos for three months leading up to a WrestleMania match. That's That's the Elimination Chamber. I don't see it being Lacey Evans, unfortunately. Um, I, I, the only one that I would, well, I shouldn't say the only one, um, but the only one that makes sense to make it a good enough reason for them not to announce who it was going to be would be Asuka. Right, because he mentioned uh, he, he mentioned it could be Asuka. And then he mentioned, he said, well, maybe it'll be Bailey. And I said, no, I said, Bailey won't not get to come back till after April. No, 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 no. She's scheduled. Well, the maximum, they say the maximum recovery time for the ACL, UCL, MCL, whatever it was she had fixed, is right. six to nine months. So nine months would put her just after WrestleMania. But she's definitely said plenty of times beforehand that she's been rehabbing well, but all the reports that I've seen is that she's not due to be clear until late February, early March. So there is, once again, there is a possibility, but health-wise, once again, this isn't just a let-me-do-a-30-second, you know, in-ring something and then a little promo leading up to a feud... This is the Elimination Chamber. Right. Now, I saw a thing today on one of the wrestling sites. That March 22nd, WWE is having a house show in Alabama. And Paul Heyman tweeted that there's going to be a major title change that's going to shake up WrestleMania. And it's like, well... I kind of, sometimes I take those with a grain of salt because I don't see Roman Reigns losing his title on a house show. I don't see Bobby Lashley losing his title on a house show. Um, I think they should just leave things the way they are as far as WrestleMania goes right now. You know, add some more major matches to it. You know, let the two nights go off without a hitch. But as far as this elimination chamber goes, I mean this. Uh, well, I mean, what was what was the major major title change he was talking about? Why would he say that now when he's in Roman Reigns' corner? That has to be an old article. Right. Well, I didn't know how old the article was. I was just watching it. He was talking about the possibility of a. 
Yeah, but you can't make an announcement like that without having the whole information. Right. So, but I think, uh, I think Elimination Chamber is building themselves up to be a pretty good show. It's going to be on 12 noon here, which I believe is, what, 8 o'clock their time, right? Um, not 100% sure. I don't know how far ahead. 7, 8, something like that. Okay. Oh, like I, knew there's, I knew there's something I wanted to mention. Um... As the reason why Austin Theory is in the Illumination Chamber. Did you know that that spot originally was supposed to be Shane McMahon? No, I did Yep. Yep. So the whole Kevin Owens-Austin Theory match to get into the Illumination Chamber was put together at the last minute when Shane was quote-unquote let go um, from WWE and... Austin Theory was put in that match. Because oh, okay. it was supposed to lead to something bigger with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Right. And he was trying to put together a match that could close night one of WrestleMania. Thinking that him versus a Kevin Owens or a Seth Rollins or an Austin Theory could be good creative to close out night one. Against two, though. Right. Against two. Give me the match. I would say Roman Reigns against... uh... Well, Brock Lesnar's already challenged him for WrestleMania. So you're telling me Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar's going to close out Saturday night WrestleMania? Then who's closing out Sunday night? Bobby Lashley. Against two. I honestly, Mike, I don't think there's a chance in hell that Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar is not the last match we see WrestleMania weekend. So they'll close. So you believe they'll close out the last match of the entire show? Yeah. On night two. Yep. Yep. And the and following what they did last year, Charlotte Ronda Rousey will close out night one, in my opinion. Now, did you see anything anywhere um, that WWE might be pitching an angle to have Seth Rollins added to the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match in defense of him cashing in on the two of them in that one match and winning? No, Okay. It wasn't from that reputable of a website. That's why I didn't really... Mentioned it's only one place that I saw it. Um, I mean, it was on it was it was on Wrestling Inc., um, but it was an article from another you know. Oh yeah. Website. Let me ask you what do you think the interest level in that would be? Personally, I think it, personally I think it would be awesome because I'm I'm I mean I'm I'm getting to be a big time Rollins fan, so it's kind of like. Say, would, you, would you be more interested in seeing that? 
to close out Sunday, uh, Sunday, or would you rather see Roman and Brock one on one to put an end to this whole thing? Well. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing triple threat matches, so you can put somebody in it to purposely lose it, I, I really don't want to see a triple threat match. I want to see a one-on-one -on -one match. Um, I also did read another article today um, that somebody suggested that what if the main event of WrestleMania that closes out WrestleMania Sunday is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a Hell in a Cell so the Cousins Usos can't get involved. Okay. And just like Corey Graves said, what was it Corey Graves? Or was it Pat McAfee? That said when you added... Brock Lesnar to the Elimination Chamber, you just made him more dangerous by putting him in his element with the cage. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing with Bobby Lashley. But to see Roman and Brock Lesnar close out WrestleMania weekend on a Sunday in the Hell in a Cell would, I mean, I'd, I'd be on the edge of my seat the whole night with that match. Yeah. Yep. That would probably be the best ending to a WrestleMania ever. Yeah. And, and they've had 38 WrestleManias, so that would be amazing. You know, it, it's so. something something we could talk about at a later date, but, I mean, the invite's, the invite's there, you know? Yep. If, if you want to, you know, figure out a way to get that Monday off or whatever and you want to come over Saturday afternoon and be here for night one and two of WrestleMania? Once again, the invite's there. Absolutely. I will definitely 99.9% uh, .9 consider being there. Ooh, excuse me. So, but anyway, anything else to, to add, Greg, before we close out tonight? No. It, it, Was, uh, it's 6 o'clock, so it's the time we're supposed to start the show. So... Here we go. Let's. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, we we hope everybody enjoys listening to this uh, this episode of the Top Rope Report. I just want to thank Greg for once again another excellent uh, excellent show, another excellent Nuggies news. So, on behalf of the Nuggster Greg, this is the illustrious Mister Trivia for the Top Rope Report. Saying we'll catch you all on Sunday. <laughs>